Welcome to the Taking the Leap podcast, where you can learn how to launch your full-time career in this part-time gig economy. No matter what career you're in, you have the potential to be the best version of you and overcome whatever obstacles stand in your way. And now, here's your host, the CEO of Bonvera, Bob Dickey. Welcome back to Taking the Leap Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Dickey, and I'm really excited to have two of my really good friends on the uh, program this afternoon. Jim and Dolores Martin, I've known this wonderful couple for many years. Last week, we released part one, and today we're picking right back up where we left off. So without any further ado, let's dive back into this conversation yeah, it's one of the things that's been really alarming for me. It's been sad to watch, but I know here in Knoxville, Tennessee, a couple of weeks into this crisis where people were quarantining and we had a, you know, kind of safer at home mandates from local government. And all of a sudden, the suicide rates here in Knoxville, Tennessee spiked dramatically. And I think it, it plays into some of the things that you're talking about. It's very easy. We don't know how many people are in our midst, in our community. There's struggling with depression. They might be struggling with the loss of a job. There are some very, very challenging and difficult times out there. And I think it's really important for us to be cognizant of those facts and be looking for ways in which we can, as you said, communicate with members of our community, communicate with our staff. We have to heighten our communication, being connected with people, providing a word of encouragement, providing hope in the midst of a challenge. And that's where I think leaders, I keep telling folks that I believe right now there is a premium on leadership. However valuable leaders were previously in the midst of this crisis and coming out of the crisis, there is an enormous premium on leadership right now for leaders to step into the void, to do exactly what you guys are doing. You guys are leading from the front, communicating with your teams, with your people, providing encouragement, providing vision and hope, and it's desperately needed. One of the things that you said, it just reminded me was, you know, sometimes we think that the people who need communication or hope or vision, you know, might be somebody who's struggling, but, you know, even leaders need it. Everybody is susceptible to leadership and everybody needs a word of encouragement today. Uh, and it's one of the things that I'm proud about within our business that, you know, it's not just about a world-class product. We're very obviously passionate about our products, but the most important thing are the people. And I see like the things that you guys are doing this evening and building community, inspiring people, providing hope, building those communities globally and helping people. I think that you guys do just a wonderful job of leading from the front and providing that encouragement and the world desperately needs it right now. It's interesting that you were talking about uh, suicide rates spiking there in Knoxville. When this all started, there was a, a news report that said that they are hiring counselors and whatnot because in times like this, they know domestic violence is going to be on the rise, alcohol abuse and substance abuse will be on the rise which is just sad. And, you know, here in Florida, they, uh, with hurricanes that come through and shut everything down for weeks on end, they've experienced this before, but it is even worse now, right? We're going on over a month of, you know, quarantining, and I'm not sure if it'll be listed here soon, but uh, it just goes to show you there is a desperate need, what you just said, for leadership out there. And that is one of the biggest things and, and reasons that I failed to mention in the first point there about why did we launch Bonvera is because, first and foremost, we change lives. 
mm-hmm. right? We give people hope we, and encouragement, and it changes lives. And it, I know it definitely has changed Dolores in my life in the last 19 years. And there's no better reward of helping a couple or an individual get that hope back and then start succeeding, right? You just see their whole posture and their everything around them starts to change for the better because of that positive attitude and that outlook that they have hope that, you know, tomorrow can be something that they actually pictured many years ago that maybe before they met you, they put those dreams and goals on a shelf and just never thought it was going to happen. And now they see a way for it to happen. Well, you know, it it reminds me, Jim, of a point that I, I read about recently, which was the, you know, in this day and age where we are more connected than we've ever been before as a society, you know, social media and so forth, and we're more connected, but at the exact same time, we as a society are becoming more and more isolated and lonely. And we're seeing the social ills of that kind of manifesting in really interesting ways to the point where in the UK, the UK is the first government globally where they now have a cabinet level minister. And this person's job title is the minister of loneliness. And their job is to specifically talk about and address the loneliness of the British population population, how to get people to connect and have real relationship and community. And one of my classmates was the one who brought this up. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, when you've got a government that's actually making a cabinet level position for that, you know that there's an issue. And and so now, right now, in the midst of this crisis, you're seeing that people are quarantining and then they're in isolation. I think that is just going to exacerbate that problem. You guys have done a great job highlighting how you are connecting with people, building communities, staying connected with one another utilizing technology. So it's not just about building the business, but it's also just about providing hope and vision and inspiration for the communities that you're leading. In the midst of all this, it seems like that could be a little bit overwhelming. I mean, for both of you, having a family, managing a business, trying to lead, are there things that you're doing to build balance in your life to make sure that you yourselves as leaders don't wear out? How are you protecting your time or building balance during this time frame? love to say that we do that perfectly all the time after all these years but we just like anybody you can let life spin out of control and Mm -hmm. when that happens we need to take a step back right and i think during this stay at home phase i think a lot of people just here in our area jim and i will take a walk at least once a day and when you do that It has been so encouraging to me to see families outside again, like, you know, kicking a ball around or jumping on the trampoline, parents with their children. And, you know, I have not seen that since we've lived in Florida, and now all of a sudden we are. So I think it has gotten people back to that. But then when the doors open up, are we going to go back to the chaotic craziness that we can all live into? So something I had read early on in our business when, you know, right away we realized that reading changes everything for a person. And we picked up and started implementing things. And one of the things I realized is that to live by a schedule, meaning write something down the night before what you want to get done, prioritize that list, and then implement it the next day. Well, I'd love to say my main personality is detailed, but it's not. But I did learn one major thing is my priorities in my life have to be my God, my husband, my children, my business. And so to do that, 
that I need to actually do my time that way. And one big nugget that I was given was that if I have to make phone calls, so many moms can get frustrated with their kids because they're trying to make a phone call and the kids need all these things is to clear the time before I do it. Now, you know, some people are career orientated and they're not home during the day. I was home, but I would make sure that I took care of what I needed to take care of with the kids. And then I would explain to them, mom's getting on a phone call right now. Is there anything else you need before I go into the office to make this phone call? In that communication, we say communication is everything. It's also everything in your own household. And so communicating that, you know, a lot of parents are home right now, communicating that to your children so they feel like they do matter Mm. and not just put on a shelf and we'll come back and get you when we get success in this business because then they will learn to hate the business, you know. And so in turn, I had to learn to prioritize things in my life and then make sure my kids saw that we were running for goals. And so that way they would learn that they too could run for goals and we would tie them in with everything. So I think in a long winded answer to, you know, what we do to prioritize our time, for me, it's making sure that I live by what I say I live by and write it down. How about you, babe? <laughs> yeah, that's the same thing. I have a whiteboard in my office, and I'll write things down on there that I have to get done that day, whether I do it the day before or the, the morning of, and go through and check them off, right? I have lists of people that I'll put in my phone that I need to make phone calls to. So things like that, it's just living by a schedule because I know my personality. It's uh, If I'm going to clean up the garage and on the way to the garage, I see something out of place in the kitchen, I might go take that, put it in my room, and then in my room there's something <laughs> messed up, and then that takes me to the upstairs. And here, two hours later, I was on my way to the garage. It's just eliminating the distractions and being disciplined, right? Because I know early on when I had a full-time job of working all those hours and trying to build this, I had to schedule everything, right? And live by that schedule. Well, needless to say, when I left that I thought I had all the time in the world right and if I didn't live by a schedule there'd be times I'd get nothing done and be behind the eight ball so I have just learned and disciplined myself over the last decade or so that just to live by a schedule and be disciplined to that schedule because an undisciplined life is rough (laughs) something I think I want to add on to Jim's is he does without even realizing does it is to make sure that there's somebody touching everybody in our community because with the way we build and community style in this industry now is there could very easily and I'm sure there still happens but someone could fall through the cracks and what you were talking about Bob is loneliness and I think that's just as true in a business that even though you're building a community underneath somebody or but if they get lost in the cracks because they're not actively involved with that they could feel isolated they could look at everything on Facebook of what's going on in social media but they themselves have talk to anybody then they don't feel like they're a part of the team mm-hmm. and so one thing jim has done is we'll have some depth meetings and then you look at the list of people in the team and we'll go down list by list who has talked to this person who's talking to this person so making sure that no man left behind right focusing on something like that does making sure that we don't have that happening as much anyways that's a brilliant insight and so needed. I'm a big list guy myself. I absolutely love making lists. I get so energized as I'm throughout the course of the day going down and checking stuff off. I uh, absolutely love that. I <laughs> know it's so basic, you know, but I'll have I've got my little notebook I just walk around with and I love checking stuff off like got that done, got that done. Uh, Jim, one of the things that you said you're talking about discipline and how important it is and one of my favorite quotes, I'm sure you've heard of 
Jocko Wilnick, and uh, he's a Navy SEAL and wrote a couple of books, but one of his uh, famous quotes is, discipline equals freedom. And it's one of the things that I'm trying to drill into, you know, my six kids to be like, be disciplined. It equals freedom. The more discipline you have in your life, the more freedom you get because of it. And an undisciplined person over time will end up having less and less freedom because of the choices that they make. And so I think just like leadership, there's a premium on leadership right now. I think you're going to see people who thrive and do well during this time and come out of this having seized upon opportunity are people who have discipline. And people who are naturally not disciplined, if they're not careful, I think are going to miss some great opportunities. Totally. I know there's probably people out there, not just in our business or our industry, that are saying, well, I'll get to that you know, as soon as everything goes back to normal. And right now, man, there's such a great opportunity to become better and a different person. Business might be down a little bit. You know, in our case, it actually isn't. Our business has not skipped the beat. Mm-hmm. But if you don't stay disciplined doing the right things to get you to where you're at, you are going to, it's kind of like running a race, right? Like if you don't finish the race, you have to start over. Mm-hmm. And if you're on your way to say a certain level and you say, man, you know, and just buy into people's excuses of why you can't hit that level, you're going to be starting over. You're going to be way behind. When I say way behind, you could literally put yourself back a year for every three months that you, you, mm-hmm. you just sit back. That's not okay for me, right? Like if I've worked my guts out for 19 years, I want to come out of this with a bigger business, right? And more people having hope and saying, hey, here's something that's security and a business that is geographically unlimited, that never closes with a world-class office that hasn't skipped a beat. So we're not going to let a virus in this information age slow us down. I do want to just piggyback on that with Jim. He is a disciplined motor scooter, and my personality tends not to be have the discipline. I do have it in there, but I have so much of the other one that I get undisciplined, and then I get frustrated with myself for not being disciplined. So being a part of you know Jim's and my relationship, he encourages me just by his being disciplined. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to be more disciplined. So if you somebody is naturally and they'll just say, well, I'm not that kind of person, well, number one, get a bigger dream or reason in life on what you focus on. But number two, hitch your caboose to somebody that is disciplined and being around them enough will make you more disciplined. Mm-hmm. And so Jim definitely does that for me. He completes me in that area because he makes me want to be disciplined just by watching him. Oh, that's awesome. I love how you guys build as a family and you complement each other, right? I know you both very well and Jim's strengths complement you, Dolores, and Dolores, your strengths complement him. And you guys really are just a great team building this business, serving people and helping people. And you mentioned this a second ago, you that you guys were doing this and you were you're teaching with your kids and explaining some of these things to your children. I know that your children have been a part of this business with you. And you know, you guys have been entrepreneurs your entire career in, in a multitude of different areas. But I mean, I know your daughter has started her own business. And it, it seems like you have, once you have this entrepreneurial bug and you guys are passionate about it, that has trickled down to your kids and your kids are following in your footsteps. Could you tell me a little bit about what's it like to do a family business and to teach your kids and to watch them kind of follow in your footsteps a little bit. I'm imagining that's pretty exciting. It is. And I'll be honest with you, you know, how many times as parents can we say, if we have it better than what we thought our parents had it, and we'll just say, man, I don't want my kids to struggle like I did, or I don't want my kids to whatever, mm-hmm. you know, or not have a car or not have a cell phone. That's one thing that Jim's disciplined his whole life. He has been financially disciplined and I was not. And so I learned that from him and his leadership in our household. Mm-hmm. But 
one thing we have done with our children, and it's been by Jim's leading, is they want something, they earn it. And so in turn, we didn't buy our children's cars. We didn't buy our children's cell phones. They set goals and saved the money and did that themselves. And it wasn't them, oh, I'm going to make my bed and here's $10. You know what I mean? And hey, some people, that's the way they run their household. You know, that's okay for their family. But for ours, we wanted our children to see what we were building in this the industry that we are in. But more importantly, see us fail, get back up set another goal and run after the goal and I think that did you know wear off on them to where our children do like you said our daughter she started up and running her own business she's also a part of the Bonvera community but to watch her she is so much like her dad and it's not even a personality thing I think she's driven to help and be a part of in her own family because now she's married with a baby and another one on the way and our 18 year old son that he's a senior in high school here he's the one that was two weeks old when we saw the industry so he doesn't know anything different than to having a family run it together set goals together go on trips together for victories he bought his you know first car for cash and he bought his own cell phone he pays all of his own car insurance and everything and that's done it doesn't mean we don't give our children anything it's not okay for us to think that we'll make it easy on them because we didn't have it easy mm-hmm. we are the people who we are because we didn't have it easy yeah they say the best experience is somebody else's experience and i've watched and talked to so many other people that you know maybe gave their kids uh, cell phones or their cars and those kids just didn't appreciate it mm-hmm. right and like Dolores just said we were taught differently at 12 years old I bought a paper route. So yeah, that's a seven day a week thing. <laughs> Rain or shine doesn't matter. And it was really run like a business, right? I had to buy the papers each week and then deliver them and then collect, right? And if I didn't collect, I didn't make any money. Mm-hmm. And I had to buy the papers the next week. So from there, I was an employee all the ways until I started my own plumbing company in 1998. We also wanted all of our kids to have a job. And here's why. We wanted them to get disciplined from somebody else other than just us. Mm -hmm. We wanted them to experience what a job is like. And, you know, it's so funny because once they have that and they start to, you know, everybody loves a job when you first start it. But over (laughs) time, it gets worse. And I think for them to grow up in a household that we've been free since 2003, I think in the back of their mind, hey, I don't have to do this forever because I can always <laughs> you know, build, a build a company or have a job. But at the same time, you have to have a struggle because without a struggle, there's a victory. I don't know. I haven't seen too many people own a business without first being an employee, right? It's kind of like you got to follow before you lead. Mm-hmm. And I think just in Madison's case, of uh, she went to work at 15 in a sub shop. Then she went to work for an eye doctor. And now she's full-time mom, but running her own home-based business. Mm-hmm. So I think the American dream is not to go to school, get grades, get a safe, secure job. It's to actually own something, right? And the American dream is to have, uh, I, I believe, security, right? Freedom of depending on somebody else. And uh, I know we talked a little bit about this pandemic that's going on right now. I think it's woken a lot of eyes up that... Mm-hmm. You know, security is not me putting all my chips into a company that I'm a number in. I think security is from our neck up. It's how we think. And that is why our training system, our new way NBA is so important because from our neck down, we're all worth minimum wage. From our neck up is what's going to separate us and how we think and what we do and how we act. I think the other side of that too is our kids have always seen victories. So giving them little incremental things that they do see a victory. So they see that their hard work pays off. And we've been on, I can't even mention the amount of vacation 
vacations we've been on with the kids and pictures and memories, and we have all of that as well. But we want them to be a part of the victory mm-hmm. and not just be handed a victory. Oh, that's brilliant. It seems like the families that I know that are business owners and entrepreneurs, when kids grow up in that environment and they see that, it's really hard for them to follow a different path, you know, because they've just seen the opportunity that business ownership affords you. And as we said earlier, with the changing economy, it's going to be more and more in vogue for people to be finding out ways or seeking ways in which they can have a little more control over their destiny, where they're not beholden to to a company, but they are able to dictate the shots in their life and take ownership. And the only way you can do that is by being an entrepreneur and and starting your own business. One of the things you had mentioned a little bit earlier, Dolores, was that some of the books that you were reading, and Jim, I know you're an avid reader. There's times where you and I are trading back and forth books that we're reading. I'd love to know some of the books that you're currently reading in the midst of this crisis. I mean, are there things that you're trying to study right now to get better on, or are you using reading as maybe an escape to just kind of get your mind on other things. But what are some of the things that you're reading right now that you're really enjoying? Or maybe there's a book that's had a huge impact on your life that you'd like to recommend to some of the listeners. Number one is any communication book would be great for people because we were just talking about communication and what it means. For me, I tend to go back to the oldies but goodies and personality plus is one because connecting with people to me is knowing personalities. But another thing, and this is, some people may chuckle at this, but every marriage book possible because when people aren't used to staying home together and being quarantined into the house, then there can be friction, right? And so in turn, right now, I'm in a book called Vertical Marriage by Dave and Ann Wilson. Jim and I go on a marriage cruise every year to have an intentional week away just to work on, you know, us and spending time together. And it's something that we already know it's booked the following year that we can something to look forward to. But on that last marriage cruise just this past February, I had picked that up and it gave me an opportunity to dig into it and realize vertical marriage is obviously a marriage that's connected to God. Mm-hmm. And for Jim and I, it's growing in that area and continuing to always be in a marriage book. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, and Dolores just kind of hit it there with um, communications. I know we talked a little bit about this last week on the RTE. John Maxwell's book, Everyone Communicates, But Not Everybody Connects. Right now, if people aren't talking to people, literally, you can lose people skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's kind of like exercise. If you stop exercising, you're going to lose muscle mass. And if we don't stay sharp in something, we're not going to be as good at it. So just being reminded, if you've already been instructed, is always great, right? The Power of Five, John Maxwell's book that came out in November, is a great book. I actually just recommended that to a, another guy today. But also like DNA of Relationships by uh, Gary Smalley that came out. Some of the stuff that Dolores is reading and she bounces things off of me with marriage books. I do read marriage books <laughs> and I love to read marriage books because if Dolores and I's relationship, the stronger it gets, the smoother our household runs. Mm-hmm. And when there's things that can have huge friction points, everything runs better when there's less friction. Yes. So keeping that is a big point of our lives, keeping our relationship the best that it can be, it's going to exude into other areas of our lives, right? Leadership books. I love reading a lot of John Maxwell books, but also Seth Gooden's book, Tribes, which was a great book because we build teams, right? One of the first books that I read 19 years ago coming into this was Winning Every Day by Lou Holtz. And I didn't really understand why a coach would write a book because <laughs> I had never read a leadership book there. 
there. But here this coach takes individuals and gets people to play together as a team, right? Gets them unified, creates synergy. That's exactly what we do. Man, if we could have a whole bunch of people running together, we will move mountains. We'll change cities and counties and states and things like that because we believe our business is all about not only giving opportunity, which we have a great opportunity, but if we can just teach people to be entrepreneurs, something our country was founded on and give them the confidence that they can do it, people are going to act on that, right? Because if you don't believe you could own a business, you'll never take an action of to owning a business. And I believe that's some of the greatest things that our business can offer is hope that you can own a business and that business can be literally worldwide where we're going in Montbera. Oh, I love it. You've mentioned a couple of books that are some of my favorites, but you've also mentioned a couple that have not been on my list. And so I'm going to make sure to uh, jot those down and check those out myself. I echo your sentiments about a really strong marriage. We all know the old saying, when mama's not happy, ain't nobody happy. And I always joke with Brandy, my number one job is to keep her happy because it makes me a happy man. <laughs> so, um, well, as we're winding down real quick, let's do a couple rapid fire questions as we are closing up. Both of you guys, Give me your favorite purchase that you've made over the last maybe year. I've heard a couple other podcast shows that will say, what's your favorite purchase, $100 or less? I'm just curious, what's your favorite purchase? Maybe something that it could be something that was for business or maybe it was something for pleasure, but maybe your favorite purchase over the last year. (laughs) Jim's laughing. (laughs) If you know Jim, Jim is very frugal. (laughs) So he's laughing because it's always like, do we need that? And I'm always the one saying, yes, it's a needed want. I may want it, but I need that want. (laughs) I was going to guess it was a gun or ammo for Jim. I know he's a big hunter. And so I was like, I was wondering if it were gun or ammo. But I'll tell you this, it's bait. Right, and bait is not cheap here in Florida because we're going out deep sea fishing next Friday, uh, Lord willing, with the weather. So a big purchase is bait nice. <laughs> because we're going to catch stuff that can kill you. Nice, I love it. Mine is always shoes, <laughs> so it probably is a pair of shoes. I Jim jokes with me, can't find my clothes in my closet because the shoes are in the way. I like any clothing article and any pair of shoes that I can buy because I just feel like they're needed. <laughs> nice. So, um, mine would always be put me in. And I don't have to spend a lot of money on them. Mm-hmm. It's just something about a fresh pair of shoes that matches exactly the outfit that I want. Oh, I learned something about you both. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed bait for Jim, and I didn't know you were a shoe girl, so that's awesome. <laughs> Okay, so real quick, what would you think, or what would you recommend as the number one skill for an entrepreneur? I know it's a wide choice there, but if you were to narrow it down for our listeners, what's the number one skill for an entrepreneur? Attitude. Oh, that's brilliant. I would say selflessly loving the people they're in business with. Attitude and selflessly loving. Those are brilliant answers. Brilliant. All right. So, and what do you guys do to relax? I think I have an idea for Jim. I'm not sure about you, Dolores. What's your favorite thing to do to relax? Curl up on the couch and watch HDTV. (laughs) Nice. All right. That or Hallmark. Those are my two. If I have nothing else going on and I give myself an hour, I could sit down and watch a good home improvement show or, or Hallmark. That's funny. So for, for me, it's going out in the boat. <laughs> Anytime you can get some uh, salt air in your hair. I'm just kidding. Not, not in your 
<laughs> in your face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know Jim Martin, he looks like Mr. Clean. He's one of the few guys that can wear a bald head really, really well. He looks like The Rock or Bruce Willis, you know? Remember when Bruce Willis started rocking the bald head? And that was, yeah, it was awesome. All right. So as we close up, imagine that you have a large global audience listening to you right now. We're in the midst of the corona crisis and we're six, seven weeks in. A lot of things have been going on. People are kind of tired, also stressed. If you had an opportunity right now, Dolores, I want to allow you to go first and then Jim, if you can close us out. But if you had a second or two to give an encouraging word to a global audience, what would you say? I'd say don't get weary in well-doing. You know, communicate and think about those that we can always fall into the woe is me or what issues going on. And I encourage you every night to write down 10 things that are going right in your life. Because no matter if it's business, if it's, you know, family or financially, write down the 10 things that are going right. And it keeps you focused in the right direction because we can't change what has already happened. We can only change our actions to change what's going to happen. That's wonderful. Jim? Here's what I would say. I say, don't waste this opportunity to move your business forward. Consistency is what's going to win the day, right? So stay consistent, just like I did many years ago. I got very bad results in the beginning, but uh, I was encouraged by audios. I was encouraged by a support team. So I kept staying consistent, and the power of compounding will take effect. Don't waste this time. Get into action, and don't stop the action, right? We have a, a play that's called MVP, and we have about six weeks to get MVP for our next national train event. Don't waste this time. Don't wait till this virus is over. Quite honestly, it's never going to be over. We are not going to go back to the way things were. So adapt, change, and don't waste this. Stay consistent. Well, that is a brilliant way to close out this interview, and it has been my pleasure and honor to be able to learn from two of the very best in this industry. Jim and Dolores Martin, thank you so much for being guests on Taking the Elite podcast. And for our listeners, I hope you really enjoyed this content. I thought there's brilliant gems throughout. Uh, I've really enjoyed listening to both Jim and Dolores share their story and also what they've learned on their journey. And specifically as they closed out, they're just words of wisdom and hope and encouragement for everybody who's listening. For those of you listening, maybe for the very first time, I encourage you to listen to previous episodes as we have interviewed thought leaders in a wide variety of industries, hoping that we would bring content to you that is you are building your business and maybe taking a leap of faith on your own, definitely listen to future podcasts. Until next time, I am your host, Bob Dickey, and this is Taking the Leap Podcast. Thank you for joining us once again. Thank you for listening to the Taking the Leap Podcast with your host, Bob Dickey. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at www.takingtheleappodcast.com and bonvera.rocks. You can also find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are distributed. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Taking the Leap.